After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about the word coworker, another quick and dirty tip about the term a bald faced lie, and a meaty middle about mixed metaphors. Let's start with coworker and its slippery hyphen. The rules about hyphens are often more like guidelines. You may need both a style guide and a good dictionary to get answers about hyphens. And if you find yourself repeatedly looking up words, it helps to keep your own list of how to write potentially hyphenated words. The word that describes someone you work with is one of the words that can go either way. Associated Press writers, New York Times writers, and New Yorker writers go out to lunch with their co-workers hyphenated. But Chicago Manual of Style editors go to the co-op with their co-workers unhyphenated. But they do hyphenate co-op because of the double O. I prefer the hyphen with coworker because without it, I always initially think the word is cow workers. The AP tends to defer to how words are used within their own industries, though, and even though they hyphenate coworker, they don't hyphenate co-working because nobody in the co-working industry hyphenates it. An interesting way to think about hyphens is that they can both join words or word parts, like they do with coworker, and separate words, like they do when a long word falls at the end of the line and you use a hyphen to break it apart. Garner's Modern English Usage says that British English is more accepting of hyphens than American English. But the general trend is away from using hyphens, which you'll quickly notice if you read old books. For example, percent, Fingernail and window pane used to be written with hyphens, and now they're not. There was a bit of hyphen news at the American Copy Editors Society meeting last week, too. The AP Stylebook editors announced they're dropping the hyphen from 3D and Walmart. And Merriam-Webster lexicographer Peter Sokolowski announced the dictionary is dropping the hyphen from the words copy editing and goodbye. They even had pins that said goodbye hyphen, with goodbye spelled without the hyphen. So that's your quick and dirty tip with a little bit of extra information. Although in general, fewer and fewer English words are hyphenated with each style guide and dictionary update, most style guides still recommend hyphenating coworker, except the Chicago Manual of Style, which writes it as one closed-up word. Next, I have a quick and dirty tip about some commonly confused phrases about lying. And again, we have some hyphen discrepancies. Does someone tell a bald-faced lie, a bare-faced lie, or a bold-faced lie? 
A barefaced lie is an obvious lie told without shame. Barefaced lie is the most common form in British English, and it's spelled bear, B-A-R-E, as in uncovered, conveying the sense of a lie told audaciously, without concealment or shame. Barefaced, to mean unconcealed or undisguised, goes all the way back to Shakespeare, who used it in the early 1600s in Macbeth. Barefaced lie is the oldest form of these phrases to describe an open lie. That use originated in the late 1700s, and here's an example from Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin, published in 1852. Miss Ophelia was so indignant at the barefaced lie that she caught the child and shook her. Barefaced doesn't take a hyphen. It's all one word. A bald-faced lie means essentially the same thing. It's the most common phrase in American English where it first appeared in the late 1800s. Here's an example. I can't believe Squiggly would tell such a bald-faced lie. He clearly stole the chocolate. He still has smudges of it on his fingers. Bald-faced can appear with or without a hyphen. For example, it's the phrase recommended by the AP Stylebook, which lists it without a hyphen. But it's also the form most strongly recommended for American writers by Garner's Modern English Usage, and that book spells it with a hyphen. Bold-faced lie is another option. Some people consider it to be an error, but it's almost as old as barefaced lie. Still, it's used less often than bald-faced lie and barefaced lie, and it's probably best to avoid it. And finally, an absolute error is barefaced lie spelled B-E-A-R, like a grizzly bear. That's just a misspelling. Bears have nothing to do with lying. So that's your second quick and dirty tip. If you're in America, people tell barefaced lies. And if you're in Britain, people tell bald-faced lies. And now, on to mixed metaphors. A metaphor is a phrase like, a man's home is his castle, or referring to DNA as the building blocks of life. It's a figure of speech that equates one thing, your home or your DNA, with another thing that has properties you want to reference, such as a person having authority within the home like a king does in a castle, or connecting DNA molecules together to build something more complex like children do with building blocks. Metaphors can also be more complex than just saying that A is B, that life is a highway, or that all the world is a stage. For example, saying you can read the writing on the wall is a metaphor for impending doom because it comes from a story in the Old Testament. A blasphemous king named Belshazzar holds a feast, and in the middle of the festivities a hand appears and writes mysterious words on the wall. The king's magicians and diviners can't figure out what it means, so the king eventually calls for Daniel, who interprets the writing to mean that Belshazzar has offended God and his days are numbered, and Belshazzar is killed that night. The words foretold his demise, and the phrase, I can see the writing on the wall, became a metaphor for knowing that something bad is coming, especially when other people are oblivious. When metaphors get overused, people can come to think of them as cliches. Saying someone is head over heels in love, for example, 
uses a phrase that originally meant physically upside down or topsy-turvy to convey that people are so in love they're discombobulated. But it's also been used so often that some people consider it to be an overused cliché. Metaphors and clichés are often fixed phrases, and when people get the parts confused, they can become funny. For example, I once heard someone mix together, see the writing on the wall, and wake up and smell the coffee, saying, wake up and smell the coffee on the wall. And that doesn't make much sense, which makes it kind of funny. And it also makes me imagine a kitchen in such disarray that coffee has been splattered on the walls. When I asked people on the Grammar Girl Facebook page to tell me about mixed metaphors they've heard, I got some good ones. Emily says her mom says, if you butter your bread, you must lie in it. Clifton says he accidentally combined that ship has sailed with locking the barn after the horse has escaped to say that horse has sailed, and he likes it so much he now sometimes uses it on purpose. David likes to say, that's spilled milk under the bridge, combining don't cry over spilled milk and that's just water under the bridge. Tracy says, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it, instead of we'll cross that bridge when we get to it and don't burn your bridges. Joanne's dad says, if you can't stand the cook, stay out of the kitchen, instead of if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. And a few people say it's not rocket surgery, instead of it's not rocket science and it's not brain surgery. And Richard, who was very tired doing university coursework one night, described himself as burning the midnight oil at both ends, combining burning the midnight oil with burning the candle at both ends. In his famous essay, Politics and the English Language, George Orwell derided mixed metaphors as a sign that writers aren't really thinking about what they're saying, since the purpose of a metaphor is to call to mind a visual image, and in a mixed metaphor, the visual image is messed up. He wrote, quote, The sole aim of a metaphor is to call up a visual image. When these images dash, as in, the fascist octopus has sung its swan song, the jackboot is thrown into the melting pot— it can be taken as certain that the writer is not seeing a mental image of the objects he is naming. In other words, he's not really thinking, unquote. And honestly, I have no idea what his mixed metaphors mean, and that's probably the point. But as we can see from the commenters who intentionally use mixed metaphors, such as the horse has sailed and that spilled milk under the bridge— you can also sometimes evoke surprise that makes your reader or listener give you a second thought. And unexpected juxtapositions are also one way to write good jokes. So an intentional mixed metaphor or cliché might also be a way to get a good laugh from a phrase that would otherwise glide past your reader like water off a duck's back. So use mixed metaphors when they serve your purposes. Just make sure you're using them intentionally. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. If you're a Stitcher Premium subscriber, you could have gotten this episode ad-free and also listened to an exclusive bonus episode this week about words for color in the battle of magenta, how to treat the word the in publication names, and how to use the word cipher to refer to a person. To sign up and get a free month, visit stitcherpremium.com grammar and use the offer code grammar. That's all. Thanks for listening. 
If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.